Lingard is joining in, and he's seen Martinelli! Extraordinary! Set it for Saliba! For Kyle Saka, beaten out by the roof, and touched in by Jesus! Kyle Saka! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bruise Banana FC podcast. My name is Justin. You can find me on Twitter at JFishAFC, and it's nice to be back on the podcast after a few weeks away traveling, but Ben and Luke held it together and put out some excellent content these past few weeks. So if you hadn't already, obviously go and check all of that out. Today, we're going to do our final match preview of the season, talk about Bikaya Saka's contract, and maybe a little bit of previewing the summer content and the summer transfer season. There's obviously a whole summer of transfer rumors and plenty of podcasts to come. So, you know, I do want to focus on kind of the relevant match Sunday for the most part with me to go over all of that is Ben. You can find on Twitter at Ben Browning three, Ben, how are you? Yeah, it's good to have you back. Um, it's very different. Not, not having Luke's uh, dulcet tones to, to warm my cockles. So, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I'm sorry that no cockles will be warm today. <laughs> uh, and with me today is Luke. You can find on Twitter at Echocoon. Luke, how are the cockles? Yeah, warming up. <laughs> I'm glad you're back because I, I, it, felt, it felt sketchy every time I do it. I think I, I am uh, every intro I listen back to. I'm like, oh, that's not, didn't say that right. Oh, didn't do this right either. So it and was. Uh, since, it was a different since you style. left, our title charge fell off fell off a cliff so you know yes yeah well yeah pretty much that i think i hadn't been able to watch like three matches in a row and we lost (laughs) all of them where i just like was not able to watch for you know different reasons it's like what am i doing i I think (laughs) our first um our first our first podcast was after leeds and then we played liverpool and then we went on our um run of doom and we had our circle of misery last week so it's nice to have you back when we're slightly less circular and miserable. You know, if all it's it takes for Arsenal to win a title is to me watch Arsenal, we're good. I think I think we're in a good place. How about Yeah, that? I've been trying that for <laughs> 25 years and it hasn't worked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's jump right in. Obviously, it's the final day of the season. We're playing Wolves at home. Last week, it was pretty clear against Forest that the players, you know, were, were already in the flip, already in flip-flops. They're already mentally on the beach. Ben, do you kind of, this is at home, so do you expect the performance to be better just from, I guess, like an intensity and mentality kind of standpoint? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with the players. It's hard to care, isn't it? Um, I, I'm half tempted to say, you know, what, sort of just chuck in Royal Walters and Cozy Dubry and all them. But I think there'll be some players out there, especially that want to go out especially this season in some sort of style. I know Bakaya Saka, obviously, after just signing his new contract or having it announced, will want to put on a show and Granit Xhaka in what could be his last game. Um, hopefully we don't see Rob Holding in what could be his last game, but um, you never know. I think, there are a f- so I think there are a few players that maybe all care more than others, but it is... It is difficult, even from a fan perspective, not to be a bit on the beach, you know. You've got your, your snorkel, you're getting ready. Just it's it's hard to it's hard to care about wolves. Yeah, well, well, I'll make sure to watch this match with a margarita in hand to, just to you know inspire the team. How about that, Luke? How about you? Are you kind of similarly having you know a difficult time? I guess having 
the same. Obviously, the match doesn't have any pressure or you know intensity you know to it from a watching standpoint. But you know, this season has been like we've said so many times, you know, so fantastic. It's been some you know a lot of people's favorite seasons in a number of years. It kind of does feel important to wrap it up with a win and, and with a performance that we can kind of keep the momentum of the season going into the summer. Yeah, I think I agree with that too, to be fair. I just think that, as you said, it's been such a good season. It'd just be such a shame if we don't get that that kind of, that nice bit at the end where we can just enjoy a game where we have like a nice win. Kind of like the Everton game in the last season where, you know, we lost to Spurs and lost to Newcastle and it was all very doom and gloom and it was really disappointing. And then we had the game against Everton, I think it was like, what, 5-1? And yeah, it just five, felt one. like it was just a nice way to cap off a season that we didn't achieve what we wanted to achieve, but the there was like a a really cool bridge built between the players and the fans and i think that that ending game where where the crowd are really with the players even though over the last two last two results and the performance is really good and we scored a lot of goals it, it, it just felt like a good way to kind of cap off the season and and even if it doesn't really mean anything going into pre-season it just feels nice and i think that this season when realistically we did achieve our goals because we got champions league which was the goal at the start of the season we didn't achieve the goal that kind of I guess uh, got born throughout the season, which was uh, the title. But and and obviously the the way we kind of lost out on it is is quite disappointing and a, and a bit you know anticlimactic. But still, you know, second place, incredible season that like, pretty much any Arsenal fan would have ripped your hand off for at the start of the season. And obviously, as you say, it's just kind of also tinged by the fact that there looks like there's gonna be a lot of revolution in the squad this summer. Where you know, Xhaka looks like he's going. Holding looks like he's going. There's a lot of players that look like they could be out the door that have been Arsenal a long time. And even though a lot of these players, you'd say it probably is the right decision to be out the door, you still want to kind of make sure they have like a nice win at the end where they can have a walk around the stadium and get the clap from the fans, which I think they'll probably get anyway, even if we were to draw or lose because the, <laughs> the the fans are appreciative. But at the same time, you just want to have that nice kind of cherry on top kind of moment where you know granite jacker can walk around the stadium with his wife and his kids and get sung the granite jacker song at him after a win um yeah so i've become kind of that to be fair i mean wolves are a bit of a strange team you don't really know what you're going to get with wolves i imagine they're probably somewhat on the beach as well so i'm not really sure what wolves are going to turn up anyway but you know fingers crossed it's an entertaining game you mean you don't want it to be like the spurs uh Brentford game where they had to come out after losing 3-1 to do their awards to like it. 10 players when I saw 10 the, players 10 fans and Harry King picked the, up everything uh, the Titan Tron yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> we have one good player you're getting all the awards yeah and they had to turn the music up to drown out the chanting of Levy out it felt like um yeah we, we I agree we don't want that we don't want that but at the same time I think it'll be interesting we know Mikel Arteta likes to take every game seriously but we saw what happened with uh, Pep Guardiola on Saturday, um, Sunday. And granted, they have different priorities. You know, they still got two cup finals to play and all that. But there was a lot of rotation, a lot of like, um, I think Sergio Gomez was playing at left mid, like Cole, Cole Palmer got a game. So it'll be interesting to see if like, Smith, even the players that aren't necessarily academy players, but like Smith Rowe, um, Nelson, because we don't know about his future, um, Tierney, like the players that have been on the fringes for most of the season, it'll be interesting to see and quite indicative, I guess, of their future, whether they get a game or, you know, even a kick on Saturday, Sunday. Let's just jump right into that because I kind of think that's the most pertinent, you know, Arsenal aspect to this game is some of those players like Smith Rowe specifically and, and kind of like Vieira uh, in terms of 
what happens with them, how much they feature will be very indicative of what happens this summer. I think the writing has been on the wall with tyranny for a while. And, and I, even if he does play, I think it's pretty clear that he's not going to be here next season, but Luke with you know, Smith Rowe, he's obviously not in favor with our, with um, Arteta at the moment, you know, for whatever reason that may be, we're, we're not really privy to that information, but the, we talked, I guess a couple of weeks ago or, you know, um, offline about how it, it kind of seemed like if Smith Rowe didn't play, then that was that for his Arsenal career. And you kind of didn't really see a way back for him. Do you kind of expect he, he didn't feature at all against Forrest? Do you kind of have any expectations he may somehow feature in this one? I mean, he might do. It's hard to really say, to be honest. I I, I do fear for him. And obviously I, I feared for him for a while, to be fair. He's only played 148 minutes in the Premier League this season. He's not started one game. And obviously, he has had injuries. He did have the surgery. But it does feel like, especially in the second half of the season, he's been available for a while and been on the bench for a lot of these games. And when Arsenal are buying wingers like Trossard and you think that they're probably going to buy another winger in the summer and it looks like Vieira's kind of got ahead of him for that left centre mid role, it's hard for me to see way fits in if we do bring in like two good centre midfielders in the summer because this is a player that I mean what is he 22 23 he's he's gonna be he's gotta be playing football and I don't know if the the case will be we need to work out I think pre-season is a big thing for him if he's not sold in the summer he needs to come to pre-season with possibly a new attitude I'm not privy to that obviously he needs to show something similar to the way that do you remember when El Nenny came back on loan from Besiktas and and he said he just like Arteta wanted to sell him, but over the first week he kind of just convinced Arteta to keep him around. And he's like, I've never said this before, but El Nenny needs to be more like no like, Smith Rowe is more like El Nenny. <laughs> he needs to. <laughs> what a depressing thought that is. Yeah, he needs to. Um, he needs to show Arteta if he's got something to offer, what he has to offer, because it feels to me at the moment like Arteta needs to convince him. It seems a lot, kind of to go off of your El Nenny reference there, what Nkedia did last summer after signing the contract, he didn't really have like a holiday. He was you know at Colony for most of the summer and kind of started off preseason. It was clear that he had gained muscle. He was bigger. He was faster. He was sharper. And he kind of started off the you know preseason really well and kind of we there's a lot of I guess fear obviously with Nketi about oh he signed this new contract maybe that would you know, he would you know, kind of not be as I guess aggressive in his training and stuff like that but yeah I definitely am agree that Smith Rowe I think it's a big six months for his career in general not just at Arsenal and so it will be pretty interesting then so. We had a very uh, makeshift back four against Forrest. Do you think that was just going to be a one-off? and Or do you think that was Arteta sending a message to some players and he's going to stick with that? Obviously, it was pretty shambolic in, in how Arsenal played. But yeah, with, do you think we'll, we'll see a QVR left back, party, right back kind of thing? Um, I hope not, to be to be quite honest. It's- I, I didn't watch the game. I was listening, but it sounded uh, pretty shambolic, and it looked pretty if... bad as well. <laughs> yeah, thankfully, I think I missed it. But um, it sounded almost like Kiwio was playing a natural left back role instead of an inverted left back, which is what we've been crying out for all season. But we put the wrong player there. Um, so 
I know Tierney was ill, so maybe he comes back in. Especially, you know, if it's his last game and there's some sentiment there, we might give him a few minutes. Um, it just, yeah, it felt like it was... Like, when I when I saw the team, it was a bit, wow, I have no idea how this is going to play. Um, and I think that it was an experiment that we might shelve from now on and sort of go, well... We've got one. Oh, we've got one game. Like, we've got one game left. I think overthinking one game is a bit difficult. Like, I understand Mikel Arteta wanting to experiment. We might see some experimentation elsewhere, but that defensive experiment just needs to be shelved. Go back to what we had: um, play Kivio at right centre back, Tierney at left back, and Ben White at right back. Or if you're going to play the kids, play the kids and just get out of this season. I think at this point. Yeah, I definitely think I would agree with that. So let's. Let's talk a little bit about Wolves. Wolves, at one point in their Premier League history, were kind of a bogey team and, and were very difficult to break down, but that has kind of gone away this year. And they're very, at one point, were in the relegation battle, but in changing managers, and you know, they've, they've been, been out of that relegation battle for a little bit. But away from home, they've been pretty terrible. They only have two wins all season and have a minus 21 goal differential and away from home. Luke, He's, does this kind of set up like a really guess, uh, nice <laughs> a team to play against for a final match where it doesn't really matter? <laughs> you can be a little bit more attacking and obviously uh, famous last words uh, with that there. I'd like to think the, the signs point to that, but I also, in the last game, I thought the last time that Nottingham Forest played um, at home, they conceded three goals to Southampton and we weren't able to barely get a shot on target. So I'm a bit apprehensive over kind of declaring anyone walkovers. But yeah, I mean, as you say, their waveform's pretty poor. I think the last few games where they lost 2-0 to United, they lost 6-0 to Brighton, um, uh, they even lost 2-1 to Leicester. And I think if you're losing games to Leicester, then it does show there's a problem there. To be fair to Lopetegui, he's done a good job to kind of drag them out of the trouble that they were in when he took them over. But I do think that, you know, they're safe now. They haven't got anything to play for other than, you know, a few places up or down. It wouldn't surprise me if some of the players that are looking to leave maybe don't really want to be subjected to the most physical end-to-end 90-minute match at the Emirates. So it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't as problematic as the team we just played, which was a team fighting for their life. But yeah, I'm I'm a bit apprehensive whether or not I could uh, say that without jinxing it. But also, Lop- like there's been loads of speculation that Lopetegui might be leaving anyway um, at the end of the season because of financial fair play stuff and obviously we've seen Neves is probably going to leave Adama Traore is a free agent now it feels like Wolves are in as much of a mess as we are but in a different way um so I think it might just I think it is sort of that Everton on the final day or Newcastle at home from 10 years ago on on the final day and it just feels like it's the sort of game where we could quite easily come away three four four one winners probably well, we'll concede. We always do. But... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, not confident enough <laughs> oh, to say the clean I, sheet, though. Yeah, I stopped. I stopped myself. I was like, I was going to say three or four nil, and then went. Actually, we're definitely going to concede, <laughs> aren't we? Three, four, one. Um, It'll be just... you know we would go two nil up, and then it's a little gentleman's agreement to end it all three one and nothing more, and kind of just <laughs> j- jog around for a little bit and and have a nice summer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so Ben, you know. Speaking of Arsenal's defense and how we don't have any clean sheets in forever, uh, where I guess is Wolves' biggest threat comes from, and if they are to score, kind of what's the most likely 
obvious avenue for that. Um, I'm not really sure, to be honest. Diego Costa is uh, a bit of a shithouse, as we know. Um, but he scored one goal. If he just, scores against just us, stick Rob holding off. on him, we'll be fine. You, you, Luke, you forget that form doesn't matter coming into these games. Shane Long has scored about three goals in his career, and then he scores every game against us. True. There's always players that score against us, and Diego Costa. Well, Diego Costa lives in the memory for all the wrong reasons, but um, he's what 34 now. So I don't know. It feels like the the threats are always on the wing with Wolves. Uh, with Podence, who gave us a bit of a nightmare lot. Was it last season, the season before? I forget which. Um, and then obviously, well, if Adama plays, uh, Mateus Nunez, Pablo Sarabia, uh, Pedro Neto. Uh, there's lots of sort of tricky players, but they don't really have any... Um, or they, they didn't have any attacking coherence. They've improved a bit under Lopetegui, but it feels a, they still feel like a bit of a meh team. You know, they've, they haven't ever quite managed to translate from when they were really, really good defensively and then hit on the break to get, what was it, seventh, I think. They were really good against the top six in their first couple of seasons back up. And then they sort of dropped like a stone because they tried to play more expensive football. And they're sort of still there. They haven't figured that out yet. And they keep throwing money at stupid players or the wrong players for the system or end up buying very, very weird players thanks to um, Jorge Mendes. So, yeah, there's... They don't score a lot of goals. They don't concede a lot of goals normally either. So there isn't really a threat, but it's just sort of it's just a bit boring to be honest. I know that's not the most interesting analysis, but they are just really boring to watch. One of the things that Wolves are good at is fouling and uh, getting red and yellow cards. They lead the league in both. Luke, is that I guess kind of a little bit of a nightmare scenario for a last game of the season where you are. Probably not really wanting to have much of you know, a physical duel and seeing players get injured potentially just seems kind of like the worst case scenario. I guess any thoughts on that kind of aspect of Wolves that they, you know, for as shit as they are, I guess in general, or as boring as they are for Ben, they do have, you know, they foul players a lot. They get a lot of red cards and yellow cards. I think I'd like to think that the fact they got so many cards was a lot down to the desperation of the situation they were in, but aren't in anymore. I think that on the last day of the season, I don't think they're really going to be as aggressive. So, I mean, you never really know, to be fair. I don't really know what Lopetegui tells them. I don't know what David Costa tells them behind the scenes, to be fair, because, you know, obviously that guy's a maniac. But, I mean, similar to what Ben was saying, I just think that, at this point in time, they've done they've done the job. Like their season is effectively over. This is just you know they've played the last game at home. They've clapped their fans. Their season is is done. This is just kind of that last meeting at the end of the week that they just have to get through, even if they're asleep, and then they get into the weekend kind of thing. I mean, I was looking at their goals. Like their top scorer this season is it's joint with Daniel Podence is six, Ruben Neves is six. I, I was scrolling down trying to see how many goals Raul Jimenez has scored. Ruben, he hasn't, he hasn't scored. Neves? Neves? Never. I've never heard it said Neves, and I was just getting ignored. But... <laughs> <laughs> that Portuguese guy that plays centre mid for, for Wolves. Sounds like you've accidentally loaded up Pro Evolution Soccer. You've got Roberto <laughs> Neves playing central midfield. <laughs> yeah, no, fair dues. Fangy Chan's got three. Is that scary? He's not a bad player. Um, but yeah, no, I was scrolling down trying to find Raul Jimenez. He hasn't scored. He's, he's played like 753 minutes, not scored one goal, 
Pedro Neto's not scored one goal. So I do think that they're just a club that at this point in time are well and truly in the mud. And when you're not in the mud, you're on the beach. So I'd like to think that we're not really going to see much from them, but we will see. So I think let, let's save our uh, Granite Xhaka discussion and kind of, you know, his farewell and send off for our uh, after the match reaction because it has not been confirmed yet that he's officially leaving. We obviously think that is pretty much confirmed, but yeah, let, let, I think we should uh, table that till after the facts. We kind of react to the emotions of the moment. But Luke, what was confirmed this week was Bukayo Saka signing a new contract for your deal. I think reported of around 275, 280,000 per week. We have Bukayo Saka long-term. I, I don't think, you know, maybe there's a little bit of nerves because it was getting down to the summer, but I'm, I'm sure Arsenal fans can be pretty confident that he was never you know, going to be anywhere other than Arsenal. What does it mean, I guess, for the project, for the club, that he's you know, sticking around for, you know, what looks to be, you know, hopefully the majority of his career and at least another three, four years at the minimum. Well, he's the poster boy, to be honest, because, you know, as as brilliant as, as Hayland is, like it's so rare that we get a player through Hayland that goes on to be a real kind of top quality player that is in the, the team for so long. Like I'm trying to think of the last one I can remember is really like Ashley Cole. Is there any, I can't think of any others really like, uh, in between then obviously like Satsuka Rogast isn't really Hayland because we've bought him from Barcelona I'm, I'm, so we've Same had a lot of players like yeah yeah exactly yeah. we've had a lot of players that have come through and played for Arsenal like obviously you know Ainsley Maitland-Niles has come through played for Arsenal obviously we spoke about Smith-Rowe played for Arsenal we've got a lot of players kind of in the mix but we haven't really had a player that I mean this this Saka's the guy that has come out the academy and displaced the 72 million pounds winger signing so I just think that he's a player that is going to be our, our, like, I mean, obviously I don't want to use the word mess in terms of ability, but you know what I'm saying? Like in terms of, of marketing and, and what people visualize Arsenal as, he's going to be the guy. He's going to be on every poster of every match promo that we have in the future in the Champions League. Whenever it's, when we get drawn against Bayern Munich, inevitably in the Champions League, it's going to have um, uh, them with maybe like Musiala and us with Saka. So and to be fair, the the video of Ian Wright, that's that's worth the wage alone, to be honest. I, like, that video was so good. Um, uh, he speaks so well. You can tell like, how genuine he is. Like I love how glowing everyone talks about him in, in, in the case of, of how he treats other people. He's just, I think, an incredible role model for for Arsenal in general. So, And, and also, I, I give credit to his agent because you know, a four-year deal with no option for a further year, like, it, it, kind of, it means they're always in control. So in two years' time, we're back to the to negotiating table with him, which isn't going to be ideal. But, you know, to have him tied down for at least like the next four years, and then we have that four years to prove to him that we're the correct place for him to have what will probably be the real prime years of his career. Like like in, in four years' time, it will be 25. And then we've got to convince him that we can be the place for him to, to stay and win titles for when he's 27, 28, 29, like playing his best football. So. Yeah, I think it's incredible news for the club. I never really had any doubts, to be fair. It always seemed like he wanted to be here. And especially after... I think if if, if we were to finish outside the top four this season, I'd have a few, some fears because obviously Saka is too good not to be playing Champions League. But the, the season we've had, I think um, I think it's proven to him that we are the, the best place for him right now. And, and rightly so, he signed the contract. Yeah, I think 
like you said, he is the face of Arsenal. I think he not only is, you know, a, a brilliant footballer on the pitch, but you can just tell how you know, great of a, of a human being he is, like you said, Luke. And I was thinking back to the Amazon documentary in about when it was Christmas time. I think he was passing around like bottles of champagne to all the staff. And you could just see how you know, happy everybody was, and, and you know, how personable he is and, and people just genuinely love to be around him. And you see it when he goes off to England, how you know, everybody in the England, England squad love, you know, loves to be around him. He's just like a really great person and a great person to be representing Arsenal. And it's fantastic that, yeah, he's sticking around and it's pretty clear what the, the club have identified, you know, these cornerstone players, the the core of this project, players like Martinelli that were extending, just extended Aaron Ramsdale, Bukayo Saka talks about uh, with Martin Odegaard and Ben White are going to start soon. I know we extended uh, Gabriel, I believe, earlier this season. Player like Zinchenko and Gabriel Jesus are on long-term deals. So th- this team, you know, barring disaster, I guess, the core is going to be around and is going to be sticking around. And while there's going to be a lot of upheaval in terms of the general squad, the the core starting 11 is is going to be largely unchanged, hopefully for the next couple of years. And like you said, I, I think it's, maybe it's, you know, some fans kind of are fearful. Oh, we have to, you know, in two years we have to renegotiate. But, you know, in my opinion, it's like it kind of forces the club. If there's ever any doubt that the club, you know, we're going to have any sort of complacency or anything like that. Like they can't, they, you know, they have to, go out and, and keep improving the squad and keep improving, not just finishing second place and getting back, you know, staying in the champions league, competing in the champions league, competing for titles over the next two years. And that's what it's going to take to keep players like Bukayo Saka. Ben, don't want to leave you out of this. Uh, what are your thoughts in, on Bukayo Saka? Well, I was just, I was just listening and thinking it, it feels weird, doesn't it? To be a well-run club. We've had <laughs> years and years and years of, you know, our best players being poached or you hear stories about whoever was leaving about six months before they left and you'd hear nonstop stories. And then you'd hear, you know, will he, won't he with like Ramsey and whoever else with contracts, Sanchez as well. Um, and it's quite like, we, we haven't heard anything about links away for Saka, for Martinelli, for Ramsdale, for any of the players we've extended. And, there will have definitely been interest. It's just, it feels like no longer a Arsenal, a stepping stone club, like we were a bit in the, you know, 2010s. We're finally a club where people go, well, it's, it's like, it's, you know, it's a bit like Vinicius Jr. or, or um, I'm trying to think of other examples. Musiala, like every club would love to have them, but you look at them and go, well, they're not getting them, so there's no point even trying. And it feels like Arsenal have become a bit like that with their young talent because all of a sudden it's every club in the world would love to have Bakaya Saka, but not, you know, there's been maybe two stories across the last six months about Bakaya Saka leaving um, and no other like whispers or even smoke about him not staying or not signing a contract. So it's really um, reassuring i guess that it feels like we're going in the right direction and being well run for the future because as you say these are young players that we've now tied down for the the majority of their professional careers in some cases and i agree with you that it's good to have a bit of jeopardy it forces the club to not just be able to sit on their laurels but we we still have them for another two years and if we can prove 
we can go toe to toe with Manchester City, Liverpool, clubs across Europe, then there's no reason why they wouldn't want to stay. Yeah, and I and you know, as high as the wages, you know, two hundred and eighty thousand uh, pounds a week, it is obviously a lot of money. There is still room for that to go up in a couple of years. That you know, it's not where you know we're paying him three hundred and fifty grand a week where it's like okay well if we have to renegotiate in two years like the best we can offer is the same way so there, there's still room for that to grow and, and room for like you said going into the next contract renegotiation obviously don't want to get you know too far ahead of ourselves like we are sitting our setting ourselves up to be in a similar if not better place than we were in this contract and yeah it's just good to have stability over this the squad and like i said like it seems like we have significantly raised our floor for the foreseeable future with everything that we've done in the back room with a manager like Mikel Arteta with, you know, no longer are we at the position where we have to take, you know, a high risk, high reward signings, you know, even with like Martin Odegaard, you know, he, he was a unknown how he was going to adapt. We're, we're able to, we have that foundation and that floor that we are just adding to it and just continually raising our ceiling. And it's like you said, Ben, it's a good place to be as a squad, as a club and as a fan base, having that kind of reassurance that we, we know that we have some of the faces of the league faces of you know world football on our team. And there's nobody better than that. Then Bakayo Saka, Luke, let's talk a little bit about uh, the other winger who has been a lot of, there's been contract negotiations and, and Reese Nelson, been a lot of uh, interesting rumors and, and links being put out there this week. He's obviously at, could leave on a free this summer, and uh, there's been a little bit of competing links that oh, we've offered him a four year deal, and then oh, we we switched gears and offered him now just a one year, one year deal. What I guess what are your thoughts on, on that and kind of like how it shapes up in terms of why we would want to keep Resell Nelson and from his perspective, like him sticking around how that makes sense i can see why arsenal want to keep him in the sense that you know my my opinion is 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 kind of two sides of a coin so when i've got my arsenal hat on i'm thinking it makes sense to keep him because he's had good cameos this season he's not going to play loads next season we know that his wage isn't going to be excessive he's a good talented player that could potentially improve um and we do need depth in that wing area. So, I mean, obviously I'd still expect to buy someone anyway, but I just think that having the option is good. But then I kind of take the Arsenal hat off and I think, what's good for Reese Nelson? Because Reese Nelson is, what, 23, 24? And has never really, other than a very short, like kind of a short loan spell, of, was it Feyenoord? Um, uh, he's not had like proper consistent football. And part of, I'm, I'd, I'd imagine part of why he's so injury prone is because he's never really built up that, that proper match fitness. So if, if I'm Reese Nelson, I'm getting out of here and I'm going to a club that will probably offer him a lot more minutes. And I imagine that he'll have Premier League clubs at the moment saying to him, look, we'll offer you a deal. We'll, we'll, you'll be a first team regular. You can kind of prove yourself and, and see how far you can go. And then he can use that as a platform to possibly go to a bigger club. Maybe the, the only other thing I'd say is that there is a certain that gravitas that comes to being an Arsenal player. And I do think that sometimes players like saying that they play for Arsenal or Man United or Chelsea, like it's, it's something that 
you know, when you when you're about in your day to day life, that you can go around saying that you're an Arsenal player is something that a lot of people like. So, if Reese Nelson has been told that he's going to get opportunities, and they're saying, "Look, sign a one year deal, see what happens. We'll give you opportunities." And Reese Nelson really wants to make it Arsenal, then I can see a little bit of reasoning why he'd sign that deal, okay. a one year one. But yeah, no. To be fair, I think that if if I'm Reese Nelson, I'm just getting out of here he's... and going to a place where I can play. He's tw- he's twenty four in December, and he across seven seasons of domestic of league football, he's played two and a half thousand minutes. That's less. That's less than get half the Arsenal squad have played this season. You know, he's played. He's never played more than a thousand minutes. His most was a with Feyenoord, as you say, last season, where he got nine hundred odd. And it feels like he is. It feels like it's time to piss or get off the pot for Nelson in the a one what's a one year deal gonna do because you're in exactly the same position in twelve months, even if you've been promised first team football when it comes to you know, eight months down the line, for instance, uh, Mikel Arteta's gonna be thinking, well, do I play Nelson, who's twenty four and has six months left on his deal, or do I play Trossard who's got two and a half years left? You know, we're in that exact situation again. And if he's not playing because he's running his contract down, then we're gonna be in the same position. It just feels like I I I would love Reese Nelson to succeed at Arsenal, and I think that he has been really impressive in his cameos. But it doesn't seem like he's going to get anything more than cameos, and it means I would like for for Reece Nelson. As you say, I'd love to see him go to Brighton or AC Milan, somewhere where he can play ninety minutes, even if he's like I don't, I don't know. But it just feels like he needs to capitalize on his potential rather than letting himself sort of rot on the bench and accepting that sort of position it feels it feels a bit like where we might be with smith row in a couple of years if he doesn't change tack um and be more like know, Elneny. <laughs> yeah exactly although i was thinking earlier if you gave smith row out any's hair but blonde he'd be a bit <laughs> like velderama <laughs> but um yeah yeah just feels like nelson i think nelson needs to leave for the good of his own career unless he's been explicitly promised like we're not bringing in a winger. You're going to go up the pecking order. You'll be playing 90 minutes regularly or 70 minutes regularly, which I don't think is going to happen. Yeah, I think you know from Arsenal perspective, the only you know you'd like to keep him around for depth. He, he's shown that he can be a you know prolific substitute, and you know his cameo performances are quite good, and it does you know free up the ability to not necessarily have to spend big on a winger if you know we do end up going really big on two midfielders it, it does kind of push maybe that that backup winger down a little bit in the the transfer pecking order but yeah from from Reese Nelson it just seemed you know similar I think you know, to Rob, some player like Rob Holding just needing to go and you know, do you want to sit on the bench for Arsenal but call yourself an Arsenal player or do you want to you know play football week in week out, week out? you know kind of taking ownership of your career whether or not you know, that is, it's unlikely that that is ever going to be at, at Arsenal and, you know, kind of coming to terms with, for Reese Nelson, you know, growing up and coming through the academy, like, you know, he can go on and he'll have a, a fantastic career if he chooses to do so, or he can choose to, you know, sit on the bench and be okay with those cameo performances. But I find it hard to believe that we'll end up signing him uh, to a contract unless we end up signing, you know, significantly overpaying you know 
something like that where it just makes no sense, then yeah, I would be stunned if, if Reese Nelson is still at Arsenal next season. So if there's nothing else, I think that's a good place for us to wrap things up. Hopefully you guys enjoy this pretty brief uh, Wolves preview and, and wanted to spend a lot more time on, on things like the Bukayo Saka contract that matter a whole lot more than this last match of the season. Things that make us happy. Exactly, exactly. And in Granite Xhaka's uh, case, sad, but that's for after the game. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we, we don't want to talk about that. Uh, Ruben Neves does not make us happy. So, uh. yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening. My name is Justin. You can find me on Twitter at JFishAFC. You can find Luke on Twitter at Coon and Ben at Ben Browning 3 We'll catch you guys next week. Erdegaard is joining in, and he's seen Bakayo Saka, beaten out by the roof, and touched in by Jesus! Bakayo Saka! Oh,